Peace, love, and blessings, my beautiful people. Welcome back to the Spirits and Poetry Podcast and Frequency. I am your host, Jorge Quintana. This episode is titled Taking Risks. And if you you appreciate the podcast, if you like the fact that I'm holding myself accountable and giving you bi-weekly episodes again, please drop a rate and review. It absolutely, absolutely helps with with getting the podcast known. Actually, I was I was searching and and under spiritual podcast, mine's is like one of the first that pops up. So thank you for all of you that that tune in, that rate and review. Also, you can follow uh, the podcast on Instagram at the Spirits and Poetry. If you want to follow my personal journey, you can follow me on Instagram and TikTok at Jorge Quintana Poetry. And so this episode, Taking Risks, is actually going to be less more so spiritual and more about artistic taking risks. So this is an artist kind of lesson, I, I guess we'll say, although my art, of course, always includes the spiritual. But I wanted to, to do this episode specifically about the aspect of taking risks in regards to art, but obviously you can apply this to any aspect of your life because I took a huge huge, huge risk last night as I performed. So a little background on my performance. So uh, I, I was performing at Teatro Nahuas Cabaret here in Sacramento, and this was my third one. And for the first two, I did pieces that I that I rehearsed, you know, I, uh, the first step, the first performance was, um, I think it was a, a seven or so minute set, it was a seven or so minute poem. The second performance was a uh, a 12-minute set, and that's actually um, part of a solo show I am currently working on. And when I got the invitation to perform again, I realized, you know, I felt something in my gut that said, I need to take a risk here. In, in, in the second cabaret last month, I told everyone, I want to be the greatest storyteller in the world. I said it on the last pe- podcast episode, if I'm not wrong. And, and that's the intention I've been putting forward. And when I say this, I'm not speaking from ego. I don't mean like I want to be the best just to, to get the glory, the fame, the riches. I mean, I, I want to tell the kind of stories that, that move humanity, that move everyone that listens to them, whether, whether they move you in a great way because you love them or they move you in a different way because you don't. I want to write the kind of stories that inspire feelings in people, right? That's my mission. I'm like Naruto on, 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 my, on my journey to be Hokage. And for those of you who haven't watched Naruto there, I, I know I talked about it in one episode, but it's a journey. But back to this. So when I set that intention and I say, hey, I want to be the best storyteller, I also realized for that, I need to grow. I, I can acknowledge I'm a good performer. I'm a really good poet. I'm a solid actor. I can definitely improve. I haven't had much training. And it definitely shows when compared to professional actors. But more than anything, my storytelling abilities have come a long way. I have been disciplined and diligent in my my practice lately. And I can honestly say that in the past few months, I have grown exponentially to where I was last year. A lot of that also comes down to All City Riders, the amazing group of, of people that, that came together. It's, it's six of us. We're having our first show March 4th. 
all city riders have have given me have given me the 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 space the energy the challenge to continue to create to continue to to challenge my writing and and it's always inspiring to create when you're around creators that are doing the same thing so after being around so many dope people i'm i'm constantly surrounded by artists i i just feel that constant drive to okay what's next i'm also screenwriting now and 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 so all of this is 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 just has given me new tools for writing. So yeah, I'm in this position where I'm like, okay, I'm good at it. But if I say I want to be the greatest, I have such a long journey, a, such a long journey. I, I, I do not pretend to be able to contend with the master storytellers in human history. So how do I get there? So last night, I was like, hey, I, I'm, I'm really good at using scripts. I rehearse, I'm good at it. Let's do it. But what happens if I have no script? Because I talk about vulnerability in work. As artists, we are inherently vulnerable. We are presenting a part of ourselves to the public. But at the same time, as a performer, we also do this in a way that's rehearsed. So I realized, look, every movement, every breath, every emotion, all of that is rehearsed. So to me, it also comes across as this rehearsed vulnerability as opposed to something that is something that is raw and and pure in the moment so i wanted to improvise i wanted to complete you know to be a complete freestyle and because i'm not satisfied with just making things difficult i wanted to take it an extra step and the host angel uh, rodriguez shout out to angel was kind enough to be able to help me with this where as i performed as i improvised he would give me different emotions to, to fuel my performance. And also, big shout out to ACW member J-Row, who was also in the audience and, and just started jumping in as well. And so basically, the way that this exercise works is as follows. Um, you might have a piece already written. And you start reading it in your normal voice. And then someone says, okay, they give you an emotion, sadness. And now you have to read that in a sad tone. And then they might switch it up to nauseated. And you have to read it in that way, excited, innocent, you know, and so on and so forth. And so what it does is it challenges your, your tone. It challenges the way you read, read works as poets. Oftentimes what ends up happening is we box ourselves into a specific style. And I hear this in a lot of younger poets and even in some veterans as well who never change their game up. Every single one of their works is is informed through the same kind of emotions. It all kind of sounds the same. And that's why you get the stereotype of, of slam poetry and the kind of cadence that, you know, moves it and they do like this and it goes. And it's because it's a style that works. But it's a style that doesn't quite translate when you take the slam poem and then you you bring it into a different performance stage. And and that's part of the experiment. It was number one, you know, what comes off at the top of my head? Can I handle the pressure of the stage while I'm improvising? Number two, how well do I incorporate the feedback of others? And so Angel and Jero were giving me different emotions from from happy to anger to brave. At one point, Angel said family. 
and it, it wasn't quite an emotion, but now it, it, it brings in this different element to bring in to the stage. That performance was raw. That performance was vulnerable. In that performance, I had to go to a level of, of flow to be able to, to draw something from myself that carried through that performance. And it went well. That was a surprising part. I wasn't sure how it was going to go. Because it's, it's easy to freestyle in my room when no one's looking at me, right? It's easy to be able to free and to flow when no one's looking at us. But what about when you have an audience that just paid like 20 something dollars for a ticket that is expecting to be entertained? How do we handle that? And, and I, I do want to say the crowd was awesome. I, the crowd for what I was doing was very receptive. But more than anything, I took a risk. I took a risk. And, and it's not easy to make that decision. And the whole time I was second guessing it. So as we talk about what does it mean to grow and what does it mean to take risks, what we're really talking about is the importance of getting out our, of, our, of our comfort zone. We cannot grow while we're still in our comfort zone. And there are some of us who have a big comfort zone. We've done a lot of things. And you might think, no, I do, I do everything and get out of my comfort zone. I'm always out of my comfort zone. But we don't realize that there is a certain limit between what we can do because we've done and what we won't do because we've never done it. And as, as artists, that's the challenge of, of not how do we tell new stories, but how do we constantly re-energize ourselves to be able to, to share our artwork, share our stories in a way that, that inspires us to, to keep that resurgence of, of love, of inspiration. Every artist everywhere can tell you that we will all hit a wall. We all hit walls constantly. A wall of, of writer's block, painter's block, right? When you're just like, I, I don't, I have no inspiration to keep going. Whenever I hit that, let's say in, in, in my poetry writing, whenever I'm like, oh man, all the poems I write start sounding the same because they do. That's when I go in and I write a little screenplay. And, and sometimes, yeah, the screenplays aren't coming out. So I'm like, okay, let me go record this podcast episode. If you're a painter, there are times where you're going to be looking at an empty canvas and you're just going to be like, I don't know what to do. Maybe you're going to try to write a song. It's, it's how do you continue to refresh those energies? Stephen Pressfield does say that the difference between an amateur and a professional is a professional will sit down to do their work every single day and that that consistency is the answer to, to those walls. I, I believe that. But I'm not quite as, as rigid. I try not to be as rigid in my implementation of discipline because I notice that I'm like a soldier. I, I will give myself orders and I will follow. And my fault is that I will follow them until I burn out. So if writing every day, painting every day, writing music every day works for you, then do it. But if that's going to lead to burnout, it's, it's probably better to avoid that. How do we refresh creativity? It's important to be surrounded by it. Sometimes it's not coming from you. Sometimes it's going to, to a friend's performance, right? You know, checking out a friend's album, going to an open mic and just listening. I, I found that the more I'm surrounded by artists, the more I think about art. 
the more I think about the way I interact with it. As artists, sometimes it's easy to forget that we are still an audience member. Oftentimes, we can get so absorbed with our work where oftentimes in, in the interaction of art, we're, we're the ones presenting it. But the best artists are the ones that are also audience members, are the ones that are also consumers of art. And, and, and that's the balance to walk. But most importantly, I think that the greatest artists are the ones that take risks, that are willing to, to put out a mediocre performance because they're experimenting. You know, I, I look no further than, than Kanye West, Childish Gambino in the way they experiment with music. You know, Yeezus was a big shift in, in music and tone uh, compared to, like, for example, My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, which many people consider that Kanye's magnus opus, his greatest work. Childish Gambino with his, his techno, what, what, I forget the album, uh, but I really like the song 2419. That album was, was so different, and I remember listening to it like, what the fuck is this? And I, before then, you know, like back then, I mean, I was very critical about artists who experiment. I was like, man, this is fucking garbage. Why would you put this out? I was too ignorant to realize that it's the artists that are willing to experiment that ultimately find, you know, new grounds to, to new levels to perform. And I definitely hit a new level last night. I, I don't quite know my per, how long I performed for. I haven't looked back at the video. I've been wanting to just kind of sit with the feeling of, of post-performance. But I easily freestyled for five minutes or so. And it was, the other challenge was it was, it was Spanglish. It was supposed to be bilingual. So I had to blend the two languages. And, and I feel like that's also what was really cool to do. Because it was like, for example, let's say my line, I, I just come up with a line like, sometimes I stare at the sun. What's sun in Spanish? Sol. So I, it, it felt like I had this little like safety net. I'm like, well, if I need time to think of a line, just translate the word. <laughs> so it, it was really cool to, to be in that dynamic there. But most importantly, what I hit was a state of flow. And even Jero was like, yo, man, it's like you were in the, you were flowing, you were in the state of flow there. And the only reason I got to that state is, is because my back was against the wall. And, and for those of you who don't know what the state of flow is, it's a state of, of, how do I say this? It's a spiritual, physical experience where you're not thinking, you're just moving. I think dancers hit this quite frequently in, in, in interpretive freestyle dancing. You know, when anyone who's ever kind of freestyled a, a painting, a piece, you're no longer thinking, you're operating, you're, you're moving in, in a way where it's, it's your emotions, it's, it's your intuition, your instinct that is guiding you to the next step. It doesn't have to be logical, but there is a, a grace, a beauty a state of connect- connectedness that, that holds it all together. And, and then once you're done, you may not remember exactly what happened, but something did. And that moment, that state of flow is just magical. And I often struggle to hit this in my performances because I'm always thinking. Uh, there was this, uh, we were doing interviews for ACW, All City Riders, and, and one of the questions that one of the members, Ike Torres, asked, and I've talked about Ike before. Ike has taught me a lot about what it means to, 
to take your performance to the next level? What, is, what does it mean to be a performer? And, and Ike's question was, what does your inner monologue, what is your inner monologue like when you're on stage? And, and for those of you who, who don't know, if, if you're not a performer yourself, as, as a performer, it's like, yes, I'm saying my lines and I'm memorizing. But inside, my inner monologue is like, okay, make sure you take that step. Oh, watch out for the quarter of the mic. Okay, make sure you hit this beat. Oh, you got to go over there by the next line. Okay, don't mess it up. Don't mess it up. Oh, there we go. Okay, okay it went well. Focus on the next line. Uh, this is exactly the next line's going to go and you need to move this. Okay, make sure that you're going to hit this beat. It's very anxious. And oftentimes that's, and honestly, that's really what makes me not be a great actor. <laughs> like I, it, it's just this part of me that, that keeps me from being fully present in the piece. And that's what acting has really challenged me on. And for any of you that are interested in theater, I highly recommend it because it's a great way to not take yourself so seriously and allow yourself to play on the stage, play off of people. It's very difficult to do so. But the concept of the inner monologue was not present last night because I had nothing written. I had no lines. And yeah, there was times where honestly, I was scared I was going to mess up. <laughs> like there, I messed up a line or two. I wasn't sure what I was going to say. Sometimes I felt like maybe the audience wasn't into it. But because I didn't have to memorize anything, it was different. And, and I can't say that I'm going to do this for every performance. I, I think that it, it was a great experiment. And I'm glad. I'm, thankful, I'm grateful that it went well. Uh, also, I want to thank uh, Ruben Rebeles and, and um, Alex. Uh, oh, I forget the last name. I just met her uh, recently. But they had this piece on, on chakra healing. It was nice. It helped to be grounded. They stimulated the, ch- so the throat chakra, the solar plexus, and the heart. And, and it... it it's nice to be around people that give you the energies to ground. But I, I highly, highly, highly encourage you in whatever field you're doing, even if you're not an artist, take that risk. Take that leap of faith. If you're a professional performer and, and you're a master of your craft, try something that, that, that you're an amateur at. If, if you're just learning your craft, be bold. Speak with with the energy, with the intention of someone who's been practicing this for a million years. Because what is the worst that can happen? Even failure is not that scary. Even success is a shadow of something greater. One day we will die. And instead of of worrying about our demise, let us live a life that is fully lived. To me... That is the only way to find that piece of transition of whatever comes after. It is in taking those risks that we become something greater than ourselves. It's like we access something greater. And and I've been sitting with it. And, and, and oh man, like, wow. Wow. I, I can't even put it into words. But more than anything... I, I, it's, I'm just grateful to all the people that support me because I, could, I, I don't know if I would take these risks if there wasn't people in my corner supporting me along the way. All the friends that came out, I have a, I have a boy named uh, Sebastian who's been coming to all these performances and I literally met him like once and, and we clicked and, and he's been coming through and it's like people like that that it's like, damn, 
you know, I I met a, a dude named Luis as a, at the last cabaret, and he's like, hey, bro, you don't know me, but but your your poetry is the reason I came here. And and listen, I've been at this poetry thing for almost a decade, and I am barely hitting a point where people are recognizing me for my work. Okay, it's like ten years, ten plus years of work to hit a point where people are like, hey, I see, I've seen you. I and and I have a, a list of I don't know how many poetry rejections I just looked at it the other day, easily twenty plus. So. At this point, I'm realizing it's it's not about the big wins. It's about the big risks that challenge me. And it's not about, and, and thank you, Ike, for this reminder. It's not about testing how good I am. It's about testing my instrument. Ike references the voice, the body, whatever the performer uses as the instrument. You know, if you're a painter, it's your hands and your canvas. If you're a poet, it's your voice and your body. Testing your instrument, playing with your instrument, getting familiar with it. And, and that also, I don't know, it's such a beautiful thought of, of, you know, yes, the body is a temple, but it's also an instrument. You know, it's a tool to build. It's, it's, it's so many things. Respect the body. Treat the body good. You know, take care of yourself pre and post performance. And whatever you've been thinking about. Take that risk. The door is open to you. Thank you for tuning in, my loved ones. Uh, rate and review on iTunes it greatly helps the podcast episode. Thank you for tuning in. And uh, follow the, uh, the podcast on Instagram at The Spirits and Poetry. You can follow me personally on Instagram and TikTok at Jorge Quintana Poetry. I'll be posting excerpts of my performance. So, so stay tuned. Till next time.